The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. We're really glad that you're out there, and we love getting your email and reading your comments on Facebook, so keep them coming. Thanks a lot for participating. And uh, visit us at the Spirit of Recovery Wall on Facebook, and we always start a new discussion thread about the week's topic. Thanks also for letting your friends and people in recovery and in your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. We really like a broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio. And so uh, we're glad to know that what we're doing is reaching out and making a difference for you in your life. We always have topics that get you thinking, that open you up to new ideas about spirituality and about recovery and about what's possible for people that are willing to walk this recovery road. We always have guests who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, and who are innovative. People who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And we always bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. And so uh, if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member or friend of someone with the disease of addiction or if you are simply somebody that's interested in and curious about the process of recovery, we welcome you here, we welcome you as a listener, and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor, and also I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. Thirty years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity principles and recovery principles, and that keeps uh, my life richly transforming and it keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you about recovery and spirituality and to hear what you're experiencing on your spirituality and recovery journey. On every show, we do have a drawing and we give away a recovery book, and those have been donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation, and that's www.hazelden.org. And we want to thank Hazelden for their generous donation of those books. We really appreciate it. And also in every book, we put a beautiful bookmark by the Unity writer and photographer Barbara Bergen. So you can call the studio or email us now or during the second segment of our show and we'll put your name in a drawing to win the book. And uh, today's book is called Without a Job, Who Am I? Rebuilding Yourself When You've Lost Your Job, Your Home, or Your Life Savings. And that book is by a renowned uh, recovery psychiatrist, a great guy who's written a lot of wonderful books about spirituality and recovery named Abraham Tversky. So if you'd like to get your name in for the drawing of that book, 
just uh, give us a call at 888-558-6489 or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. So today, um, our topic is the healing spirit, recovery, and post-traumatic stress. And joining me today is my guest, who is Dennis S., and uh, Dennis is a Unity minister. He's an author, he's a recovery chaplain, and he's a former radio co-host and a recovering person himself. Dennis um, also has had the experience of recovering from PTSD or post-traumatic stress, and he's going to be sharing with us today the ways that his uh, recovery has been deepened by uh, using his unity spirituality and also his recovery spirituality and the principles from both of those walks as he um, has recovered from addiction and also uh, recovers from post-traumatic stress. Dennis has uh, serves as a chaplain for the Doorway to Recovery, which is a program of uh, recovery houses places where people that are just entering recovery can have a safe and sober environment. And also he was, for three years, the co-host of the radio program, The Doorway to Recovery, sponsored by that program. And he's authored a series of articles on the 12 uh, 12 spiritual powers and recovery. And uh, he celebrates, I think, now 25 years as a recovering person. And he's a colleague and a personal friend of mine for many years. So really glad that you're on the program today. Thanks for um, being with us today, Dennis. Glad you're here. Hey, Anna, it's good to hear your voice, and it's great to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here. Good, but glad you're here. So, uh, you know, our focus today is on the how post-traumatic stress can be a part of uh, addiction, and it often is, you know, more often than people might realize, and what it means to be a recovering person um, who's also working with the issue of post-traumatic stress. So tell us, maybe we could start off, if you wouldn't, uh, would tell us a little bit about what post-traumatic stress is. Sure. Post-traumatic stress, when I really look at it, and this is, you know, I'm, I mean, I... I I'm not uh, by any means an expert, although I've experienced it, you know, for many, many years, for over 40 years. Uh, it's it's a process of, uh, it's a disease, but it's, it's a process of uh, aggression and lack of trust. It comes out of a lack of trust. You know, you drive down the freeway and uh, you don't expect anybody to jump out in front of you. If they do, you get angry. Well, I drive down the freeway, and I expect you're going to jump out in front of me, and I get ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I have to live my life, you know, with my little prepared candle on. You know, I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't roll over and go back to sleep. I get up and look around. I check things out, you know, that kind of thing. I walk my house. And sometimes sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Uh, I see a violent situation or... or uh, uh, a situation of uh, some kind of aggression or something like that, I don't run from. I always run to. You know, it's just, it's almost like it's built in. I have to, I have to be a combatant in my, in my mind quite often. And yet I realize that then what happens is I take the ones I love and I turn them into fellow combatants or, you know, giving orders, et cetera, or at least, being aggressive towards them, but I, I call it like a disease of aggression, and I'm not talking about anger. I'm talking about take control, make sure that you can get out of this thing somehow, some way. I'm constantly looking for ex- exit points, as my as my daughter used to say. Yeah, when I was a little kid, all I ever heard in the car, if Dad wasn't driving, if Mom was driving, was heads up, heads up, you know, and she'll laugh about that, et cetera. But it was the truth. Uh, I was constantly looking at the possibility of danger, whereas most people are just driving down a road, you know, things like that. So that's that was that was what I experienced. What I didn't understand was, you know, I also drank. Obviously, I wound up in twelve steps after about fifteen years, but I was uh, seventeen years away from Vietnam, and a, a friend of mine in recovery was in the Marines, 
And we were laughing and joking about, you know, some uh, incidents, different incidents that had occurred. We were both uh, combat uh, veterans. And he looked at me and he goes, boy, I'll tell you something. It sure is nice to know that was 17 years ago. Thank God it's in the past. And it struck me like a ton of bricks that it may be in the past for him, but it was not in the past for me. I was still there. I was still living those feelings and emotions and, and uh, that kind of thing over and over and over again. No matter what I tried to do, they were still there. So you're tying in that uh, that post-traumatic stress came from you were uh, a combatant in the U.S. Army in Vietnam, so you're tying that in that that's probably where that came from, where that post-traumatic stress reaction came from, from having mm-hmm. been in that environment? Yeah, yeah. The the military didn't do it like, oh, let's give this guy PTSD. It's something that that wound up happening as a result of my own psyche, you know. And it's almost like the my my brain and my synaptic synaptic nerves were were jilted or tilted that way, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the, the particulars of all that. You know, I have talked to some people that are very good at it, and uh, there was one at Hazleton, as a matter of fact, uh, a man named, I believe, Don. And he, you know, he gave me a general idea. Another friend of mine, uh, a close friend, uh, she wrote, wrote and mailed me, a, you know, an email with this man's information on it and stuff. So I got a hold of the guy, and it was helpful. But mm-hmm. what I didn't understand... And he's a counselor at, at a treatment center, at an addiction treatment center, but also deals with PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never met the man, but, but he gave me enough information for me to begin to look that way. What, what happened was uh, I realized there was something wrong, and I went to the vet center years ago, and they more or less said, well... You might have some problems, but we don't think you really have a full-blown case of PTSD. And in those days, that was the sum total of an evaluation. Mm-hmm. And they did the best they could with what they had, but that was when the vet centers were brand new. They were just getting started. They weren't sure what direction to go. They were kind of still in the VA, but not under the VA, you know, and things like that. So I, I don't sit there and blame any particular group, although I do have a lot of friends that seem to feel better if they can find somebody around the Veterans Administration to blame. And, and I feel for them because I know they're hurt, you know, and, and I understand that, that they are hurt. But, you know, there there is a system there, and uh, you need to work within the system in order to get the help. Mm-hmm. You know, and our to me personally, our Veterans Administration does a very fine job. Yeah, they have, they have their weak points. We all do. But uh, I, I have felt satisfied with the type of service I've received from the VA. Right. So it sounds like there's been a lot of progress that's been made. I know... Um, it seems like, you know, people have called uh, over the years, people have called what now we call post-traumatic stress a lot of different things, and, and it came out of the experience of war. Like the really old-fashioned term, I think, that was used in the Civil War was called soldier's heart. Um, oh, wow. That soldiers that, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, and that's good. I never heard of that one before. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and I believe there's even a, a modern book out called Soldier's Heart. I apologize I don't have the, the author um at my fingertips right here, but, um, and, you know, and then I think in World War II, they called it shell shock. I don't remember World War I, uh, what they called it, that, that experience. Section 8. You know, section 8? Yeah, yeah, you were trying to pull a Section 8. Oh, like get out, kind of make an excuse yeah. and get out of the uh-huh. military, yeah. out of the war. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and there used to be, you know, people didn't understand it, and, and it was that. They thought somebody's just, you know, trying to get out of the situation. But now there's a lot more understanding about what um, what it is. And, and some of that came out of, just like people like yourself that came out of the Vietnam uh, experience and, um, you know, basically said, look, you know, one way or the other, you gotta, you got to give us some help here. And, and there came to be some, a lot more understanding about it. Mm-hmm. 
part of yeah. the problem is the same problem that the military has today, and that's the fact. If you if you go walking in, you know, most most of the young soldiers feel like if you go walking in and you look at the doctor and you go, I got a problem. I don't know what it is. What's wrong with me? That doctor's going to look at him and go, What do you mean? You know, and they feel like it'd automatically be a black mark on their record. Mm-hmm. And I, I know many Vietnam veterans who have never, never even investigated it because of that. They don't want that black mark on their record. They don't want to be identified as somebody with a mental problem, mm-hmm. you know, or an emotional problem, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's still a stigma there. Right. You know, and it, uh, it, it's uh, it's sad. It's sad, but there are others that they are at least working with. The difficulty right now, I think, is that they're they're trying to look at the different ways they might be able to work with it. And some of the young people that uh, I've been acquainted with and, and spoken to, and and uh, you know heard stories about around uh, the vet center, uh, some of the the young fellows come walking in like, uh, well. Uh, they say I, I might have PTSD. I got to talk to you because you know I need to you know I need to get the, over with this because I want to go back on tour next November. You know I want to go back to Afghanistan with my unit, and you know and uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not gonna you know it's not just gonna go away one day. Now I believe that pro- with proper counseling and medication, someone can still function because I see it all the time and function very well. But there's always there's always that nagging part of it. And the other thing is it takes years. It doesn't just take, you know, four sessions and a and a certificate. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that's the thing. It's like, it's like a recovery process, just like a, an addiction recovery process, is that uh, it's a lifelong commitment to learn and to heal at depth and so forth. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's... It's, uh, well, as a matter of fact, I was reading today out of our literature, uh, Emily Cady, Lessons in Truth, and, uh, that, the chapter on, on the Spirit, the 12th chapter, you know, about, uh, personal God and impersonal God and some of that sort of stuff. And as I, as I read it, I began to realize, holy smokes, you gotta have both. You have to have a set of principles with which you live. And a lot of those principles I lost somewhere along the line, you know, uh, to the point that I didn't understand them fully. And I've lived a lot of life trying to come back to a sense of sanity as a result of following principles. And yet the good that's happened out of that is I also have a deep and effective personal relationship with a creator, you know. Right. And this is great stuff. It's time for a break. So thank you so much. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back. We'll start with the Serenity Minute, which is a brief moment to focus on a constructive idea. And then my guests, Dennis S., and I are going to keep talking about the healing spirit, recovery, and the post-traumatic stress. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. 
Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists discussing things like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Oh, no, no, no. He has a list of upcoming guests that sounds like a roll call of the Interfaith Council. Rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a topic and let them go for it. Imagine having a rabbi and a Catholic priest talking about Jesus as a Jew, or asking a biblical literalist to explain creationism to a liberal Christian Bible scholar. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he'll keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So, let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is The Healing Spirit, Recovery, and Post-Traumatic Stress. And my guest is Dennis S. Dennis is a Unity minister, a recovering person, um, and also somebody who is recovering from post-traumatic stress as well as addiction. He's a recovery chaplain. He's a former radio co-host. And um, Dennis has lots of experience with the 12 steps of recovery and with the Unity principles. And he's sharing with us today um, how your life can really get richer and fuller when uh if you address, if you have post-traumatic stress, um, if, as you address that, as well as addiction recovery issues. And we were having a great conversation there about spiritual principle. We'll continue that in just a minute. But first, let's start with the Serenity Minute. It's an opportunity to take a brief moment to focus on a constructive idea, to relax, to allow our minds to rest, to open, and be refreshed. And so our constructive idea for today is, I breathe and center myself in the presence of God. I breathe and center myself in the presence of God. Thank you for joining me in that Serenity Minute, and I do hope that it was refreshing to you and that you felt that presence of God that is love with you. This is a great time now to either send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or to give us a call at 888-558-6489. We welcome your comments or your questions for my guest. If you've got any comments or questions about recovery, about post-traumatic stress, um, about spirituality related to those, please do give us a call or send us an email, and we do get the emails right here. Also, if we hear from you, we'd love to put you in the drawing for our book donated to us by Hazelden Foundation. And that book that we're uh, giving away today is called Without a Job, Who Am I? Rebuilding Yourself When You've Lost Your Job, Your Home, or Your Life Savings by a really great author named Abraham Tversky. So now we're back with my guest, Dennis, and we're talking about the healing spirit, recovery, and post-traumatic stress. So, Dennis, uh, again, thank you for sharing and being so honest um, and so vulnerable. I know 
this is a, a topic that really goes deep um, and touches touches our lives in deep uh, places. But you were telling us before that uh, before the break there that you had uh, felt like that even though you were already in twelve step recovery for um, addiction and although you were a unity minister that you still felt like something was going on that you were losing sight of your spiritual principles. What was mm-hmm. going on? What was going on? I I could not understand uh, the depth of the connection to my soul. It was like I was I was stuck in my head, Anna, mm-hmm. and I knew it. And the you know keep in mind that out of all of this, my foundation is a unity foundation. You know my my. Uh, Three of my four aunts were 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 unity, and uh, as they would say, Christian Science with a small C. They were in unity before, you know, before forever. You know, they were from Salina, Kansas, and so this idea of positive prayer and uh, moving forward in such a way that we that we were connected, you know, with a creative source and that we were guided was part of my my path, and yet. I had come to a point where the well didn't feel dry like I was on a dry drunk. It felt like dry, like I was just totally lost. I didn't know where I was or who I really was anymore. And fortunately for me, we had an international conference. I was able to go, and one of my classmates, God bless him, pulled me aside after I told, told my classmates, I don't know what's wrong with me. At a, at a group of us, about 12 or 13 of them, I said, I'm just, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And he pulled me aside the next morning, and he begged me to go to the Veterans Administration and get some help. You know, and he'd known me for a couple of years. He knew my story. And he knew I had served in Vietnam. And I did that. And sure enough, they began to get me help. That was in 2004. Mm-hmm. So when you started, uh, what was that? What was help like? You know, it's interesting. Sometimes people think if you you get it, okay, I'm in twelve step recovery. Whether it's as a family member or somebody that's got the substance part of the disease of addiction, and you think, okay, that's it. You know, I'm home free. I'm I'm done. But you yet right. were, were willing to go down to a whole whole new level of healing. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah. Well. I, I didn't know that was where I was going, but I knew that I had to go someplace because I was in deep emotional trouble, and I didn't know how to cope with it. You know, and it was showing up in my work here here at the church, and uh, I, I just wasn't able to function. You know, I just things didn't work. I guess is the best way to put it. So the. They sent me to a lady, and I spoke to that lady for about an hour, and she said, can you come back tomorrow? And I came back the next day. And then she says, I want you to come back one more time. We'll talk a little further, and then uh, I'll set an appointment with the psychiatrist. So we did. And when the psychiatrist got through, a week or two later, he he just came in and said, listen, you know, you have a pretty pretty stout case here of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. All the indicators are there, you know. And I was like a lot of, you know, a lot of guys, you know, I mean, being a, being a tough guy seems to be my forte, so I'm running out going, well, how do we fix it, you know, and he's like, calm down, <laughs> slow down a little bit here, you know, and uh, we, we uh, talked and what I did was I went to find a group. Well, I was an enlisted soldier in Vietnam, and then I became as uh, an officer later on through the officer candidate school. Uh, but the time that I served in Vietnam and the period when this stress really got me uh, was when I was a you know a, a private and a corporal. And so I wound up in a group down in Detroit of uh, young fellas, ex-Marines and and Army guys that had served with uh, combat units. And I've been in that that group for uh, over seven years now, going on seven and a half. 
And at first I thought it, it had a lot to do with recovery. But then what I began to find out that recovery is much different than when you go to therapy. And I had one-on-ones. Uh, let's say I started out with uh, two, two a month and then uh, went to one a month. And then uh, once a week there is a group, and I'll be there tomorrow morning. And uh, we'll visit for about an hour and a half, two hours. But that is therapy. There's a therapist, a licensed therapist that's there with the group. And uh, it's a totally different deal. And it took about three years, and all of a sudden it really clicked that, you know, this does help. If I continue to do this, I'm okay. But if I don't, I get sick within weeks, just a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm half crazy again. So that's, that's the story of how it happened. But it, none of this would have happened for me if I had not had the unity background. Because in having that, I wasn't afraid to go and look for help. I wanted to find help. I wanted to be able to improve. I wanted to be able to have that personal relationship with a loving creator. You know, I wanted to be able to live the impersonal principles of a of a you know a director of my life you know and I wanted to be able to understand what thy will be done really meant stuff like that I wasn't I wasn't in it to try and uh, half step it or sneak off to the side and watch you know that's never never really been my forte but it was it was a short time later that the peace began to come back. And what I began to notice was that there were loving miracles in my life. There were people that really cared about me. And that was was the major difference. You know, particularly my wife, she she absolutely thinks I'm wonderful. And I, I think to myself, whoa, that poor girl, you know. But then I realize how much I care about her, too, you know, and... So I, I, that becomes very valuable to you when you're going through this stuff because all of a sudden, that's a different person than the person that you knew uh, just a few weeks before. That's somebody you really want to abide with, to be with, to, to spend time with. And when that begins to happen and you begin to open those doors to relationships, uh, it cuts down a lot on the anger and, and mistrust you know, uh, that I was talking about in the beginning. You know, what strikes me, Dennis, is, is how the, your emotional life and your psychological life at, about at any person, and you're giving us examples of that, are so completely tied into our spiritual life. It's like we can't be healthy spiritually until we address our emotional and psychological makeup. Does that, make, does that resonate with you? Yeah. Does that sound yeah. true? Yeah, for me, for me, it has to do with denial and affirmation. You know, being a unity minister, coming from the unity perspective and, and philosophy. And tell us what those mean. Tell us what those mean metaphysically, because well, those words to mean me, different the things. The denial part is, it's not to get rid of it. It's to accept that it's a temporary condition, that something can be done about this. What I have to learn to do is to trust that. I can move to a different level of thinking. I can, uh, you know, my thoughts can become much more prayerful and positive instead of living in the negativity of, of constantly running other people down and stuff like that. And I have that tendency. I do have that tendency. I have a tendency to get real negative real fast. It, it borders on, uh, you know, I have that that wide open, you know. I'm not I'm not maybe as starry eyed as some other people are, but I'm wide open. But the main thing is in the denial, I'm wide open to my own defects, as AA would say, defects of character. I've got problems, and when I accept the fact that I have problems on a personal level, on a human level, it seems as if I automatically know where to go, and it's about twelve inches below my brain. Mm-hmm. to that centering point where you know where spirit lives and that was given to me that was given to me definitely by unity i i i never knew it was there until i came 
and really began to study unity, and all of a sudden, life changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I was not just a body and a soul uh, happenstancing through the world. Uh, you know, I was connected spiritually to the creative source of the universe. I was, you know, I was God's child. And yet, I, even if I lose that, it could come back so easily. But I do admit it's the psychological push of admitting to myself, wow, you're, you're not doing this right. You know, I don't have to beat myself up, but I do have to admit that I'm, you know, not doing something the way I ought to be doing it. Mm-hmm. So you're really attuned um, to where you are emotionally and where you are uh, psychologically. It's like a self-awareness that, like, that lets you know when spiritually something's off kilter. It's, it's the importance of being aware of yourself, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing is that I can feel the negativity. And at that point, I can begin the positive upswing because at that point, I can begin to pray. My thoughts become my thoughts become more holistic. Uh, I'm willing to accept other people for where they're at, you know, and I don't have to I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to be as right all the time and things like that, you know. Uh, I look for I look for happiness. I lo- I look for joy, and yet, if you want to do the other, it's okay. It's just I don't participate like I used to. But yeah, if you want me to, I'll be happy to jump right in the middle of it. I, the aggression is still there. I can be as aggressive as anybody else, you know. And I don't know that I, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to give that up in this world and get trampled over the top. But I at least know that that I can set boundary lines. I don't have to just set a boundary line and then cut you off at the knees at the same stroke, you know, sort of thing. And that's what I used to do, I guess. And that's what's that's what has changed. You know, the the body and the mind and, and the spirit are beginning to move into tandem where they know each other a little better. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So, it and... You know, sometimes what can happen to us in in spirituality is that it feels like what we call spirituality gets divorced from what we call quote-unquote day-to-day life, and and we can sort of be all sweet and nice, but then there's this whole other side, and it feels sometimes like never the twain shall meet, and that that in itself is is crazy-making. And uh, I believe that's one thing that people that are searching spiritually face. So what I'm hearing you say is that you've, you're doing the work to bring those together, to bring the day-to-day life and its difficulties and your own tendencies to get scared and be aggressive and so forth. You're bringing that into contact with, with your spirituality and, and becoming whole and becoming congruent. Mm, yeah, I'm trying, you know, and... You know, I I am truly grateful to be able to admit today that if I hadn't walked into the back of uh, the Golden Pyramid in Houston, Texas, <laughs> 25 years ago, <laughs> I wouldn't have found any of this. You know, I walked in there, and this lady walked up to me, and, and uh, she goes, What's a nice little Irish boy like you doing in a you know a new thought church like this? And I I'm sitting there going uh, I don't know. You know? <laughs> and she and I had known each other from business, you know. And I wasn't sure what that was all about. But once I got in there and I sat down, I began to listen to uh, Howard Caesar. God bless him. And he started a, making some sense. And he's a unity minister. He was. He is yeah. still the minister there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is still the minister at that church. He's been the minister since the eighties. And and uh, you know Howard Howard, of course, didn't teach any of the classes. He had such a huge congregation. He still does have a wonderful big congregation. But Howard Howard was always there at different points in my life when I needed the help to go on and become a unity minister myself. And we've developed a relationship, you know, a, a caring. And uh, I'm grateful for that today because okay. in listening to him. Okay, Dennis, we're going to take, a, we're gonna take a we're going to take a break right now. We'll okay. be right back. So thanks uh, all of you for listening with us today. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And uh, hopefully, we'll hear from you through email or phone call. 
Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about the soul of money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The message I hear with ease, I yet to reach my goal. You can join the discussion now by calling us toll-free at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Now, back to the program. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is The Healing Spirit, Recovery and Post-Traumatic Stress. And my guest is Dennis S. Dennis is a Unity Minister. He's an author. He's a recovery chaplain. He's a person uh, recovering from the disease of addiction. And he's also a person recovering from the disease of post-traumatic stress. And he's uh, telling us a lot about how that works and about how spirituality and the emotional and psychological life go together, and I know that's a a big topic for many of us in recovery. That's sort of where it is, is how do we bring all that together, our spirituality, our psychology, and our emotions, and also our body temple. How do we get all that going in the same healthy, constructive direction? So we'd be glad to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, you can call us at 888-558-6489 or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm and we do get those emails during the show so we'd be glad to hear from you. So Dennis, you were before the break you were telling us about how when you first started attending a Unity church and um, you kind of got in there and you were like, man, what is all this about? So what I was, happened? I was all enthusiastic, but I was wondering what it was about. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what stood out for you when you first came to that Unity Church? And, and you were already well, in 12-step recovery, I believe, right? Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd been in for a little while, like oh, just a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six, seven months. I, I didn't have a year. Mm-hmm. The thing, the thing that happened was some of the some of the twelve step guys says, you know, with the way you think, et cetera, you need to go over here and you need to to listen to Albert Wingate and God bless him. Albert Wingate helped me a lot, and you and I have spoken about this. And of course, I every time I see Albert, I thank him for his Wednesday night classes. Yeah, but anyway, was, Howard was, Howard gave a talk, and he was the senior minister, and Albert was one of the junior ministers for a year or two 
before he became, uh, you know, executive director uh, there at uh, Unity Village of Development. And uh, Howard was standing in line, and I shook his hand, and I said, Howard, I don't understand all this, but I do know this much. God's God, and I'm not. And he smiled and took my hand and shook it and says, well, that's not entirely true. Come on back next week, and I'll tell you why. And I was stunned. You know, I was just... I was stunned that the man would say that, you know. And and so I did. I kept coming back. And it just, it 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 scared me, but it put hope in my heart that what I was going to be able to find were some of these things called principles that the 12-steppers were telling me about, too. And sure enough, I came across the 12 Powers of Man, which is another one of our Unity books, that and Lessons in Truth are probably two of the finest writings ever done by human beings as far as I'm concerned. That's just beautiful stuff. And so, you know, at that point, I, I just, I guess what it was, was Howard was trying to get me down, you know, into my heart. And he made it. You know, when he said that, he made it because it just thrilled me to think, that somehow I was connected to God, truly connected to God, you know, through spirit. And here was somebody affirming that with me. And he was a, he was a, you know, a, a powerful, uh, happy, uh, strong man that that I could look up to and admire. And I just, it just felt great to know that there were people like that that were that positive. And that was what I wanted. And that's that's always kind of been the vision that I've carried, you know. of, high energy positiveness and yet at the same time to be able to do that from a standpoint of accepting the fact that there are going to be low points moving through the denials and then beginning the affirmations whatever that affirmation is you know i am healthy i am healing and say that over and over and over again you know hopefully saying it out loud but at the same time doing that in such a way that i give it all up to to my higher power. And what I had to do was I had to, to realize that those things were, they were in tandem. You know, because I was trying to stay sober, I was trying to keep my life together, etc. And I wasn't sure how to do all of that. I had no idea, really. But I just kept going back on the Wednesday nights, listening to Albert, and then listening to Howard, and then there were a couple other men that I met at Unity that were just fantastic men that taught classes. And one of them was basically like a group therapy class, except it was kind of a hot seat sort of situation. If you spoke, then for the next half hour, everybody addressed and affirmed, you know, uh, the way out for you or whatever, you know, and it was it was quite good. So out of that, what I began to get was I began to get a fundamental idea that I could trust just a little bit. And it was later on through recovery that I got to a point then that, as you said, I had to go deeper, you know. Uh, I had to realize the full connection of my soul. And that was what began to happen when I was willing to admit that I still had problems, you know, like those character defects that the 12-step people talk about, I still had a lot of those problems, and they were burdening me to the point that I was, you know, I was hurting. I was hurting very badly. But the thing I would encourage anybody to do, Anna, is I would encourage them, even at those moments of desperation, Goodness gracious, affirm God's love because it's still there. It it doesn't disappear. You know, the Holy Spirit, that that sits in your heart, holds you gently and loves you. And thank God I knew it. It was there, you know, and I've I've gone through some you know, some things as to where without that knowledge that the Holy Spirit is there, number one, and number two you are a child of God, and you will live forever. Maybe not in this body, but you will live forever. Those are the two things that hold me hold me together today. It's 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 a different world than that world where I was walking around trying to figure out how to 
how to keep things together. And it, my whole world was like shifting sand. You know, there was a time in my life, Anna, I had a birthday party for myself, and I had a $300,000 birthday party. The only trouble was I owed about 400000 when I held the party. Yeah, that's how I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always thought like, you know, two steps behind the rest of the world. You know, but I was in my late twenties, and I thought, "Man, I'm really making it." <laughs> no, you're not. You know, I had you know, I had property and cash, et cetera, and I didn't have anything. I was losing steady. You know, but uh, those were the things. Those were the things that really have changed over the last twenty five years of my life. And I, I'm glad. I'm just. I am really, really glad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad for my friends. I'm glad for my family. I got to see my two brothers and my sister for the first time in several years uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I realized my mother was gone when, when they freely called me the fat man and there was nobody there to say, you leave your brother alone. Because they used to do that when I was little. I'm the big husky one and my two, my two little brothers are thin guys like my dad. you know. And they started doing that and I just looked around and I thought, oh yeah, mom's not here. And after about an hour of it, they quit. And about an hour later, they were apologizing. (laughs) And I thought, oh, goodness, isn't this great? Mom got him anyway. (laughs) But it was one of those things as to where years ago, I would have had to have justified all that and, you know, thrown a big fit and things like that. And that didn't happen. Those are the joys that I have in life today where, you know, I, I still have loving relationships with those, the three of them. You know, and we're we're in our sixties, and yet there's these wonderful relationships we got. Yeah, we tease, we act like siblings, but you know, we get off the phone. They called me for my birthday, and both of them are like, "Oh, hey, I love you, big brother." You know that kind of thing. And when I left the house, I told my brother, I said, "Lloyd, it's like Dad told us: always make sure that you let your brother know I love you. I love you, little brother." And he just kind of laughed and says, "Yeah." And my dad walked in the room. He goes, well, how do you answer, Lloyd? And my brother goes, sheepishly, you know, okay, I love you too, Dennis. You know, those are the things that I have in my life today that mean so much in comparison to the way I was 25 years ago when I walked into that Unity Church, when I walked into that first AA meeting, when I walked into that first uh, hall and, all these guys are sitting there, you know, like, oh, I'm bad, breaking bad here, you know, doing that kind of jazz. And we're all Vietnam vets that are just, you know, sick and afraid. <laughs> and that's not to say that I'm not still sick and afraid some, but what it is, it is to say I'm better than I used to be. I'm the miracle, you know, and I don't fail to notice that wholeness. I don't, you know, I don't choose to... to not see that beauty. You know, kind of like that song, How Could Anyone Ever Tell You That You're Anything Less Than Beautiful? Mm-hmm. I believe that today. And mm-hmm. for all of you that are out there, I believe that that's the most important thing that you can learn because you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a profound uh, self-acceptance. You know, so often I think in, in the world we get this feeling like, well, I'll love myself when, you know, when I get skinny or when I have enough money or when I'm calm or whatever. But it's really, that's really not how it works, is it? No, ma'am. No. No, uh, the idea and the concept of separation is a delusion. Yeah, it's a, it's a delusion. We're all one. Mm-hmm. So, we truly wh- are. what's one last brief bit of advice you'd give to people who want to really live fully, that want to take their recovery to the as full as they can? What would you tell them? Be who you are and pray. You don't have to change who you are. What you have to do is you have to learn how to pray and be sincere as you can. I saw. Uh, okay, we're, we're going to have to close. We're time's up, but that's good. That's good advice. Dennis, okay. thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for your honesty and for your vulnerability and your willingness to tell us uh, what it's like and what you've been through and all the, the benefits of, of being willing 
to grow spiritually and to really do the work and to know know God loves you. Thanks for being yes. with us today. It's been a pleasure to be a unity minister, I'll tell you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks to all of you for listening today. And uh, join us again next week. Uh, we know that you've really enjoyed this week and, and that you've gotten a lot out of what Dennis has shared. Join us next week when my guest is going to be Nick Kay. Nick was on my program in October last year. He took a pilgrimage. Last year he was talking with us from Assisi, Italy. He's back home now in the U.S. and he's going to be talking with us about recovery as pilgrimage, returning home and what happens, what happened to him from that pilgrimage. And we'll be uh, talking with Nick next week. God bless. Know that you're in my thoughts and prayers and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. In quiet moments of prayer... Let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Even if you're a seasoned spiritual student, Even if you've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, how's your life working? Knowing spiritual principles isn't enough. We have to practice them every day. Join Rev. Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Sure, you say you love yourself, but do you really? When was the last time you were in an intimate conversation with someone and paused because there was something you could not reveal? Let's Get Naked with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep us from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.